Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. It's, it actually starts out with me at about 21 years old, buying a wedding dress when I was completely single and had no prospects on the horizon. My older sister, Kristen, was actually getting married and she was wedding dress shopping. And I just happened to find the dress of my dreams. And Kristen actually convinced me to get it. She was like, you don't, you know, just, it's okay. Like you'll, you'll never find this again. Just get it. You'll probably get married soon. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. Like I'll probably get married, you know, 22, 23. I, I always wanted to get married young. So I bought this dress and then really for the next 10 years, this dress sat in the back of my closet and haunted me because mm-hmm. I was not getting married. And this was a huge desire of mine. I thought, isn't marriage a good thing? Like, God, wouldn't you want me to get married and have kids? I'm like, that would be so wonderful. Like, I'd love to serve you in that way. And God, you know, had a different plan for me. Life is unpredictable. The plans we dream about and make don't always become our realities. And that's exactly what happened to today's guest, Bethany Beal. She, together with her sister, Kristen Clark, are the co-founders of Girl Defined Ministries. They're also authors. Their most recent book is titled, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. Today on Connections, Bethany will share the inspiration behind this book. She'll also talk about her own personal journey through this. We're joined today by Bethany Beal. She is a co-founder of Girl Defined Ministries. She's also the co-author of a new book titled, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. Let's start right there. Girl Defined Ministries. Tell us a little bit about Girl Defined Ministries and what it is. Yeah, so it is a ministry for young women and women that my older sister Kristen and I started gosh, about eight years ago now. And really our heart and like desire with it is really just to reach out to women who are either in our same season ahead of us, behind us, and just say, hey, like we know this world is crazy. We know like our own hearts are crazy at times. Our minds are crazy. And sometimes we just feel like, am I the only one striving to like follow God or to do the right thing? And it can feel really, really hard. And the pressure to, you know, measure our worth according to our outward appearance or just our achievements, all of that is so strong. And so we're right there with women and young women. So we're just there to link arms through Girl Defined Ministries videos, you know, social media and say, hey, we're in this together. Like you're not alone. I promise. Let's do it together. So it's really just a sisterhood of women coming together to, you know, strive to follow Christ the best we can. Did it come out of that own experience for yourself, like feeling alone and isolated, convincing yourself like nobody goes through what I'm going through? Nobody understands uh, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I actually come from a family with eight kids and five of us are girls. So we have a lot of like the female nests around us. And growing up, obviously, I was surrounded by girls and then growing up women. And I remember graduating high school and getting into like my young 20s after the college years and looking around and I honestly was shocked. And I don't know if y'all have seen this, but just to look around and see how many of these young women who I had gone to church with, who were even, you know, in Texas, there are a lot of homeschoolers. So I was even homeschooled, like super conservative, you know, like we were in church all the time. We were doing all the programs, memorizing all the verses, but so many from my circle had just like ditched the faith and kind of like just said, I'm done with this. Like, I don't really want this. And so I was looking back and I was looking around and thinking like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to follow Christ. It's hard to, you know, not just get caught up with what's going on in the world. It's hard not to just 
measure our worth and our identity and to define ourselves according to what culture says or Hollywood says. Um, and I felt like I struggle a lot with this and I have my own, you know, own struggles. And I wish there were women who were coming alongside me, mentors, whether virtually or not. Um, and just saying, Hey, like, you know, we're in this together. You can do this. And I just felt like there was a real lack of that, at least where I was. And so that's one of the reasons, you know, my sister Kristen and I started Girl Defined is because we love the idea of Titus too. We love the idea of people reaching into the next generation. And we knew how much of an impact that would have made on our lives, on my life. And so it's, you know, a small effort, but it's just our way of saying like, Hey, you know, whoever is around us, whoever's online now, who can, who can listen to this, like right now, like, Hey, we're reaching out. We want to be that hand to pull you with us so that you know that you're not alone, because I know that would have been seriously life-changing for me. Obviously, like you said, there was a lack of, of this kind of ministry. Did you have people flood in? What kind of reaction did you get from people when you started up? Uh, yeah. Ministry? Okay. So it's, it's really crazy. Kristen and I, obviously we, we have no like background in this. We're not, we don't come from this like long line of ministry starters or anything. We were just literally like flying by the seat of our pants, hoping like, God, we think you want us to do this. So it was back in the day when blogging was mostly everything. So we started a blog and absolutely crazy. We had this one post. Um, it was a kind of provocative title. So I can see why it got traction. The title was should Christian girls take seductive selfies. And that post went viral. Everyone, even friends who lived way far away. Now, everyone was like reposting it and people were, you know, debating it and everyone was talking about it. And it kind of was what put us on the maps. And from there, Girl Defined kind of became a part of the conversation. And that post, you know, it's, it's funny to look back because we're like, that's not really like the heart of everything that we do is talking about. And that was in the early days, you know, like selfies were kind of like, Ooh, like, and now everyone, we feel like post them, but you know, not necessarily seductive selfies, hopefully, but that was really interesting. That's how our publisher actually found us was through that post being reposted. So it's just crazy to see like, wow, God did have a place for us to reach other women. And right in the beginning, he just, you know, took one post, people found it. And from there, I cannot tell you how many women and young women reach out to us on a daily basis, especially when it comes to topics that they feel like aren't being talked about for women. You know, we have a book all about sex and purity and longings and all of that from a biblical perspective, just to help women find freedom and hope in this area. And, you know, conversations like that, they're like, thank you. I feel like there are so few Christian women talking about this, or even the book we just released, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. So many women are struggling right now with post pandemic, all of that. It's hard, um, you know, just dealing with the disappointments of what could have been. And so to be a voice out there, say, Hey, it's not just about our truth and our opinion or pull yourselves up. Like you can do this. We have a truth that we can go back to. We can go to God's word. So the response has been huge just because it's specifically for women and they feel like, wow, this is just what I need at this time. And, you know, God is so amazing just to, to get the message to the specific person. Like I'm sure whoever is going to listen to connections, you know, God's going to take it to exactly who needs to hear it at that time. Mm -hmm. Now you brought up the book, not part of the plan. Tell us a little bit about that book and why you decided to put that together. So my part of the story in this book, um, it's, it actually starts out with me at about 21 years old, buying a wedding dress when I was completely single and had no prospects on the horizon. My older sister, Kristen was actually getting married and she was wedding dress shopping. And I just happened to find the dress of my dreams. And Kristen actually convinced me to get it. She was like, you don't, you know, just, it's okay. Like you'll, you'll never find this again. Just get it. You'll probably get married soon. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. Like I'll probably get married, you know, 22, 23. I, I always wanted to get married young. So I bought this dress and then really for the next 
10 years, this dress sat in the back of my closet and haunted me because mm-hmm. I was not getting married. And this was a huge desire of mine. I thought, isn't marriage a good thing? Like, God, wouldn't you want me to get married and have kids? I'm like, that would be so wonderful. Like, I'd love to serve you in that way. And God, you know, had a different plan for me. I ended up getting married at 30, but that was like 10 years after I wanted to get married. And so this dress, this wedding dress that I paid a lot of money for, I do not recommend following my you know, life in that way. (laughs) But this dress really sets the book up for like, wow, we all have our things, those things in life. Obviously it's probably not an actual wedding dress for most people, but like my sister, Kristen, she's had a decade long battle with infertility that's still going on. And, you know, for me, it was singleness and, you know, we have had a baby brother who only lived for eight hours and passed away, you know, and we were all in the room. There are hard things like that, that happen for everyone. And if we do not understand like who God is and how he can be faithful and bring us that peace and comfort in moments like that, or with our unfulfilled desires, like what's going to happen to us, you know, like we will either just be overtaken by anxiety or grief or just disappointment or reject God altogether or reject his ways because we just don't know how to cope with our disappointments or our unfulfilled longings. And I know, you know, just even in both of y'all's lives, I know we each have those things that didn't go the way that we wanted that are disappointments. And so the entire heart behind not part of the plan is just to help you know, like, okay, there are practical steps that we can take to find peace and to still thrive in the midst of the what ifs, in the midst of the unfulfilled longings. And we hope to help you build a biblical foundation so that when those moments come, because we know they will, you won't just crumble. Um, And we use our stories just to help you to see like, hey, we're not just talking, like we have our own things that we're currently struggling to trust God with. It's not easy, Um, but you know, here's the truth and here's what will actually help us in these moments. Well, and the like last year and a half, entire last two years for everybody has not gone according to plan, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. It's been insane. And I know, you know, in different parts of the world, it's different for everyone in Texas. It's, we've got our own situations going on here, but it can be really scary. I mean, I'm sure y'all have felt that too. And so it's like, do we just live and worry? What do we do? You know, cause these are hard, real things we're dealing with. And so I just, I, you know, I feel like we started writing not part of the plan before the pandemic even hit. And I just feel like God knew like, Hey, this is the book that women are going to need, um, you know, at this time, you know, because there's going to be a worldwide situation going on. So when in the middle of that 10 years with that dress sitting in your closet and you said like you were questioning God about why life's working out this way, did you lose your faith at all? Like, did it cause you to question completely (sighs) God's existence? Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't cause me to question God's existence completely, but I will say like, for me, my big struggle was I really was, I started to look for like my worth and my identity in relationships and in guys. And that led me into unhealthy, very unhealthy, like toxic relationships. I would say just because I wanted something so bad. And I thought that was the thing that was going to make me happy. And I justified it by saying, well, God created marriage. Like, it's a good thing. Like, doesn't he want me to get married? Doesn't he want me to have a man in my life? And so I just developed a lot of unhealthy patterns and just unhealthy ways of thinking. Um, really just, you know, happy when I was in a relationship, very unhappy when I wasn't. And it was just a horrible way to live because, you know, if I was single, but I was around, you know, a guy that I really liked and he gave me some attention that it's like, yay, hi. But then what about mm. the next day? So it was just like this horrible, horrible way to like cycle way to live. And I think that it, you know, it really did take me until I was almost 30 once I finally met and then 
married my now husband. I'm, I'm so grateful that I didn't get married until then for me, because I think I would have brought like a lot of really destructive habits and patterns and placed all of these expectations on him that he literally couldn't fulfill, you know? And so it was just, it was more that less of losing my faith and more of just looking for my identity in all the wrong places. So where do we find the joy in the midst of these unpredictable events? How can Mm. we find that joy when we're struggling to see any sort of joy? Yeah. You know, and it's hard. And I know for our listeners, like, I never want to diminish the struggles and the difficulty um, of what anyone is going through. It's really, really hard. Um, I know, you know, in conversations with my sister, Kristen, with their infertility, that's so painful and there are no guarantees with any of that. And we just talked about how there can be weeping and rejoicing at the same time. So it's not that you have to say, okay, if I can, you know, praise God and I can rejoice in him, then I can't have any grief. Like no grief and weeping can still be there. But at the same time, we have hope because we can look ahead and say, wow, like one, because of what Christ has done on the cross and salvation in him, we have that hope that is an eternal hope that no one can take away. So it sounds cheesy, but it's like, that really can be so reassuring. And then also knowing like God I don't understand why this is going on, but I know that you are like the essence of peace and hope. And so instead of looking within or to just, you know, circumstances or to, you know, shopping or binging, whatever it is, I am going to take a moment to be still and just meditate in your word. And I think that this book of Psalms is one of the best ways to calm our minds and to also allow ourselves to feel that emotion at the same time. I mean, David was just, you know, the author of so many, it was just the epitome of that, like grief and weeping and crying out to God and expressing such real emotion. But then at the same time saying, but my hope is in you and I will trust in you. So I just encourage you, if you're struggling right now, go to the book of Psalms because you'll see that it's okay. Scripture reaffirms that we can have those feelings. We can have those emotions, but at the end of the day, where do we put our hope? Where do we put, where's our anchor and where does our eternal hope lie? And that really is the difference between, you know, just kind of like despairing and being able to get up the next day and say, Hey, God still has me here for a reason and a purpose. And it's hard, but I can continue on. Yeah. That's really important. I think too often we don't allow people to feel that grief or despair or lament, right? And we're just like, no, God is good all the time. Get up. Come on. But uh, (laughs) yeah, like you said, you see with David's life, he was desperate and weeped and cried out to God, but it always, yeah, it always built to uh, worship and praise eventually, mm-hmm. but Amen. you are allowed to be there with your feelings as well. Exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I think that's something that, you know, we need to hear more of. I have a friend recently and she was telling me she's gone through, you know, everything you can imagine. And so she has a real heart for people who are grieving. And she was saying like, oftentimes people, Christians and non-Christians, they don't know how to deal with like those hard feelings. We know how to celebrate and rejoice with people, but when it comes to like grief or weeping, we just kind of, Mm. we feel awkward and we don't even want to sit there with someone, but man or woman, it's like, we need to learn that it's okay to grieve. I mean, we see it in scripture. Jesus wept, you know, he felt deeply and we need to be there with people to just say, Hey, like, it's okay. Grief is okay. Weeping is okay. Um, Ultimately we turn our eyes to Jesus. We don't just stay there forever, but we need to, we need to, I think, get better at sitting with people in those moments. One of the things that you write in the book is that true joy and real suffering can coexist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think came into 
play for my sister, Kristen and I, the most when she just went through her third miscarriage. And within two weeks, I found out that I was pregnant for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a really, really hard moment for us. We knew it probably could happen, you know, just with the circumstances, but it was so hard for her to know, like, and for me as her sister who loves her so much to know, wow, she is just experiencing a third miscarriage with this, you know, no, they have no solutions for her, no answers. She's been to a million doctors and here I am getting pregnant, carrying a healthy pregnancy. And so her and I had to really work through that individually on a heart level and together as sisters, just how can, how can you rejoice with someone and weep with someone and how can that true joy and suffering coexist? And that was so, so difficult, but something we both really worked through to be in that moment with each other. Like, Hey, I'm not going to allow my rejoicing to just be like, Hey, you can't have suffering. Or for her, I, you know, you can't have joy because I have suffering. It was one of those things where it's like, it really takes the power of the Holy spirit within you to be able to reach into each other's lives and say, Hey, I'm going to be in this moment with you, even though I have the exact opposite situation going on. And it's one of the most amazing things is that now my little son, Davy jr. Um, he is just obsessed with my sister, Kristen. And she's like Mm. the best auntie and she is obsessed with him too. And to just see like, even though it's been very difficult and, you know, I pray, I'm like, God, please, you know, change the circumstances for them. I want that so bad. Ultimately, it's been so cool to see when done rightly, two people, sisters can get closer together through really, really difficult circumstances um, instead of being pulled apart. And I know that's not the case for everyone. So I hope by reading Not Part of the Plan, you can, you know, be encouraged to know even though other people might be getting something that you want, or you might be feeling like, oh, I want that thing. It's possible to rejoice and weep with others and to have that suffering and that joy, whether coexisting in your own life at the same time or with others, which sometimes I think is harder when we're looking at others, people's lives. And we're like, why do they get that blessing? Like, ah, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's just a beautiful testimony of that. And that, you know, so much of that goes to my sister, Kristen acting that way, because that's just, I can't, I, you know, I can't even imagine being in that situation. It's, it was hard enough. And I was the one who, who got to carry the pregnancy full term. So I just, I think she's a beautiful example and will be so encouraging to anyone going through a difficulty right now. I like the the title of the book, not part of the plan. I was just thinking, you know what, that could be like the subtitle of the entire Bible, because basically <laughs> every story in the Bible was not part of anybody's plan, yes. right? Like, <laughs> it's true. I know. I I think though, it's for us, we look back and we're like, but we see the end of the story, like not part of the plan, but we see what God did or we, you know, it's easy for us to like brush them off. Like, well, they had, they knew what was coming, but they're just like us. Like they didn't know, you know, like the end, like I think of Esther, it's like, she's such an amazing example that she didn't know what was coming or, you know, like David or Daniel or, you know, Joseph or whoever, Abigail, these amazing people in the Bible. It's like, they didn't have the end of the story. They had to trust God just like we do. So, um, I, I totally agree though. Like not part of the plan going back and reading those stories, I think actually strengthens our faith because we see like, wow, God did have a plan. Maybe it wasn't what we wanted, but he always has a plan, right? So when it comes to those unexpected twists or turns in our lives, how can we start looking at them as God's plan or as God's path mm. instead of automatically feeling like, no, oh, yes. this is not okay? Uh-huh. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I think so much of the answer lies in that verse. I think that we, and I know for me, I for sure had a very specific plan for my life. You know, like that's why I bought that wedding dress. I was like, this is what's happening in my life. And God was like, actually, uh, I have a different plan. And so I think for so many of us, we need to like, you know, maybe even physically, just as an example, like open up our hands and say, God, I had there are twisted turns in my life because I have a very specific plan for what I want and what I'm hoping for. Obviously, we have to make plans, but just overall, we've got, okay, here's five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Here's what my life is going to look like. And even unknowingly, we do that. So we have a huge expectation of what we hope out of life. And then when those twists and turns come, we feel like, God, what's up? Like, you're awesome. As long as you're directing my path where I want to go. But God's saying, no, you have to trust me to direct the path where I want you to go. And you're not going to have the answer for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. I'm going to light your path one step at a time. And that's really hard. I mean, I wish I had like the next 20 years, you know, like that'd be great. Life would be really easy. Trusting God would be easy. But I think that's why trusting God is so hard because there are twists and turns according to our perspective, but obviously not according to God's. So it's just that one step at a time. You don't have to have all the answers for tomorrow. You can just say, okay, today, even if I have to remind myself 50 times to trust God just for today, to let him direct my steps just for today, that's okay. You don't have to have the rest of it figured out. Just focus on trusting him with the twists and turns that you're experiencing right now. At the end of the day, if there was just one thing that you want people to take away from your book, what do you hope that would be? Mm. You know, I think the one thing would be just, and this is what we fully unpack in the book, but God really is good and he really does love you and he cares for you. Um, and I, my prayer is that through reading this book that anyone who reads it will just come to know Jesus and God in a deeper way. And because of that, that they'll be strengthened and that they will have joy right now, even in the difficulty. Um, and so it's really like, like you said, you know, this could be the subtitle for the whole Bible. It's like, I hope that it becomes a foundational mindset for them and that they'll be able to thrive right now, even, you know, even if there's something hard going on. Uh, Tell us where can we find not part of the plan and how can we keep up with you and your sister online and everything that you're doing? Yeah, we would love to connect. You can just go to girldefined.com. Uh, and we have our books on there, all the links to social media. I mean, if you just look girl to find on any social media, you'll connect with us and we would, yeah, we would love to stay connected. TikTok? Are you on TikTok yet? <laughs> you know, we are not on TikTok, but we do a ton of TikTok style videos on Instagram nice. through Reels. So that's kind of where things get a little crazy, but you got to have fun, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to this conversation or any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.